So, Michael, would you uh, would you like to tell us how tall Napoleon was? Oh, exactly my height. Yeah, but give us a number, please, Michael. Oh, I, I was just kind of assuming that everyone's just going to know. No, no. And just like yeah. imagine in my head. Like imagine how tall I am. However yeah. tall you imagine me to be, that's how tall yeah. Napoleon is. Napoleon was exactly one Michael tall. Yes. <laughs> and whatever that means for you, that is the truth. Yeah. That is how tall. What does your heart means. tell you? That's how tall This Napoleon is an educational was. podcast. Yeah. Anyone who tells really it otherwise is lying. I don't know. I, I'm pretty sure this is pretty common knowledge, actually. Yeah, very true. Yeah. Yeah, you can Google how tall was Michael. And, uh, <laughs> you'll be able to They'll know which Michael. They'll know. Yeah, they, they know. It all makes sense. There's only the one. Um, <laughs> it's not a common name. Not at all. No, I agree. You might uh, want to try Mike. Yeah, the, the name that you that don't go by? Yeah, well, it's what I go by here, isn't it? I don't, I don't think so. Wait, what do you mean? Well, you go by Matt, I go by Mike. Oh, right, yeah, that's Mike Kale. Right. Yeah, I yeah, forgot. Exactly. Yeah, we did that for Historic as Jerica. Oh, that's right. That was a different yeah. yeah. All right, everybody, it's uh, the Doug Zone's beloved annual tradition. We're doing Thanksgiving non-swears episode once more. A no-swears episode. Listen with your whole family at your own risk. Yes. Put on, <laughs> turn on a Bluetooth speaker. Put it in the center of the table. Hide it in the turkey if you can, in the stuffing if you can't. It needs to be hidden in some dish, okay? <laughs> Now that I'm thinking about it, maybe neither of those two. The family, when they're searching for the speaker, those will be the first two things they look at now. Well, I think they're probably familiar enough with it that we can actually go for a little bit more of an upfront approach. True. Yeah, this is a traditional thing. One of FDR's firesides or something. Yes, this is a fireside chat. Like uh, year one, you gotta hide it in like corn casserole or something. Yeah. Ideally, you've worked them up to it at this point. Yeah, they're familiar with it, you know. Yeah. Year two, you hide it in the turkey. Exactly. And then that's from the turkey. That's a good upgrade, right? And then year three, yeah, that's a good point. It's now, it's just out. We're just putting it on the table. It's it's everybody you go like what's your favorite thanksgiving dish you got mine it's got to be the bluetooth speaker playing the doug Sons <laughs> no swears episode obvious preferably don't eat that till the end though for you yeah. won't be able to enjoy it yeah don't episode. don't slice yeah. it in half with a knife until at least uh the third course i'd say mm-hmm. it yeah. goes turkey pie bluetooth speaker yeah and then strangely enough ham uh you know you just bring back the uh, you bring back the protein right at the very yeah. end there. Uh, and that's what's happening right now at tables across America. If, Do y'all have any weird Thanksgiving dishes your family make? Not really. Like I'm, out of the ordinary. Yeah, I think we're pretty normal, honestly, as far as Thanksgiving goes. Um, Maybe like a pie, though. No, people eat pie. Well, yes, I, I know people eat pie, but like, do we have, do we have like any weird flavors of pie? I mean, not really. I feel like mm. we sometimes we shake it up, but I think that's more just out of boredom rather than yeah, tradition. we're not you really about adventurous. My family yeah. always makes too many pies, but I think this year there's a cottage cheese one, which I'm not happy about. I don't. Hmm. I can't say I have high hopes for the cottage Look cheese that. pie. I've that feels say, like a weird flavor. That is a there. demonic flavor. There's something yeah, <laughs> it's bad. Um, we have like the buttermilk, apple, pecan, and yeah. then. Cottage cheese. Which, yeah, that's... They some they slipped that one in in the end. You know, that's they sort do. of like the... Uh, My aunt you know, was like, texting what pies she made. And she's like, oh, I made chocolate, apple, cottage cheese, pecan, pumpkin. And we're like, wait. Hang on now. Back it up. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's sort of like, you know, when they, like, pass, like, a bill or something about, like, presumably about, like, oil rights in some, like, section of federal land and then in the middle there's some other thing hidden in there it's like also this senator gets like ten thousand dollars or something mm-hmm. wait wait, hang on why was that in the bill 
Or that's, when, that's what the cottage cheese pie is like. Um, or when that one member of the family tries to slip a Bluetooth speaker in with the rest of the desserts. Yeah, exactly. And that, But unfortunately, we hope the cottage cheese pie will not become a beloved family tradition. Unlike, I fear unlike, it. I fear it will. Because I think my grandma used to make it, or like my great-grandma, the one that made wine rice. She had ah. some weird recipes. I was going to say, it sounds like this one was just sort of getting adventurous with it, which... Sometimes is a good thing in the <laughs> kitchen. Oftentimes, not, I must say. It's better than when my grandma used to bring a punch bowl of tapioca every year. Okay, that rock. Um, I'm in favor of that one. <laughs> yeah, my grandma mixes up the cooking a lot. She invited us over once, and she made a boiled sausage, boiled okra, and beets just for herself. Ooh, okay. Like... So she opened the like thing the... of beets, scooped them out, closed it, and put it back in the fridge. Okay, no, that's balling. I respect <laughs> that. Inviting people over for dinner and then going like, Aunt, yeah, I have like, I have this, I have that, and I have a secret third thing that you all are not going to be able to access. That's just for me. <laughs> yeah. What, you think I, yeah, what, you think I invited you over here because I wanted you to eat my food? No, I wanted you to eat this specific thing I prepared for you. That I don't want. You're just flexing. That's hard. I'd feel like I was going to get poisoned if I like sat down at a table and we all were eating something and then the host prepared, a, brought out a different <laughs> dish that only they were allowed to a eat special from. special antidote that will save them from the poison distributed amongst them. Yeah, exactly. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a very Sherlock Holmes sort of. Actually, that's probably not very Sherlock Holmes. If everybody, a it, obvious, yeah. if everybody at a dinner dies of a poisoning except for the host who <laughs> ate a different meal, it might be kind of easy to pin down the uh, the motive, means, and uh, method there. But if you think about it, that should honestly calm your fears about it being poisoned because if it's that obvious, there's no way that's what they would do. Michael, that is the plot of Glass Onion. Well, yes, <laughs> but that hadn't come out at the time of Sherlock Holmes. Ah, an excellent point. I'd failed to consider this. Yeah, <laughs> Sherlock Holmes and the really stupid killer. It was a shorter story, I must admit, but you know, it had it had its mo- it had its moments. It's just plain dumb. Yeah, but not in the southern accent. Yeah, <laughs> in a British accent. British accent. Daniel Craig speaking in the accent of his homeland. Ah, of his people. Um, he was a younger man. Yeah, yelling at a British man to go back to his country. Um, okay. Oh no. I have like a Sherlock style mind palace, but every time I want to think of something, I have to move like dusty boxes full of slurs before I can find it. The mind um, plantation, if you will. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, hang on, let me go into my mind palace and inside my, we get a view of me inside my mind. I'm like wearing like a striped blue and white jacket and hat <laughs> and smoking a big pipe. I'm like, well, now, Carla Jean, why don't we all go down into the cellar? Let's see if it's down there. <laughs> I'm a good old boy from Kentucky for some reason in my mind palace only. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's that's my mind palace. I don't know about the rest of you guys. What <laughs> racist buildings do you all live inside of in your mind? Would it maybe be like the neighbors next door? Oh, I see. That's the building that I live in. So you're sort of like in a, you're in like a, oh, wait, so you're saying you live, your mind palace is like a, you're sort of like Nick in The Great Gatsby, where you live right next to a big house, but like your mind palace is very small. (laughs) And my racist mansion resides right next to yours. Yeah, I was going to say, actually, I think it's just you. I think it's just you. You're my neighbor. Oh, Michael, I would love for you to write a book about me. It's The Great Gatsby. (laughs) The Great Matsby. Uh, I first met Matt in the womb. And from that point forward, I knew that he was going to be a troubled young man. <laughs> Practically writes itself. 
Yeah, but you probably would be the one to write it. Let's be honest. Yeah, I write it under your name. Yeah, just in the voice of. And then I shoot myself, but I write this whole book explaining why it wasn't me. (laughs) (laughs) Good family-friendly content on the Doug Zones No Swears episode. It's got to be family-friendly if you don't swear. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's the only rule to being family-friendly. I think so. That is the premise upon which this annual episode has operated. Yeah, I was going to say, if that's not the only rule, we have some problems. Um, Yeah. I, uh... I mean, it's similar to I was I was trying this one out with Michael a couple of days ago, and I think you just said that this was a Matt bit as I did it. Um, on this on this very podcast, I talked a while back about the, uh, the idea of doing a quick draw suicide. I love the idea of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I keep thinking of other ways that I could kill myself as a cowboy in the old west. Um, yeah. And I think my favorite, my new favorite one thus far is um, just I was imagining myself riding into town. I'm like spinning a lasso in the air, right? But around my neck, <laughs> the other end of the rope is a noose. Hell yeah. Uh, and as I'm riding into town, I just sort of like catch like a nearby beam and my horse rides under it and I'm just pulled from my horse and I break my neck instantly. And your horse keeps running through the town? Yeah, the horse keeps running. Um, and everybody's like, what showmanship? I mean, you truly need to know your way around a rope to hang yourself that effectively, that quickly. <laughs> I mean, he was dead before he was entirely off the horse. It's crazy. See, I was discussing with him. I was like, well, I, I think I can think of some other ways that are probably a little bit more efficient. That you could kill yourself in the Wild West. But he's like, no, but I need it specifically to show off my cowboy. Yeah, I said it skills. needs to be a feat of skill is the other thing about it. You yeah. know, like it needs to be a quick mm-hmm. draw. It needs to be something like that. No one um, else can blow out their brains quite as quick. Exactly. Anybody can kill themselves. It takes a true hero to commit suicide in a cowboy-esque fashion, I think. Um, yeah, you can't kill yourself in a lame way. Yeah. It's the, you know, the classic, the classic Roswell bit. Suicide is never funny. But killing yourself. <laughs> I can't say I'm familiar with this classic a, Roswell. Oh, yeah. We don't do that one on Historic Esoteric. Uh, yeah. But we, uh, when we met up in person, you shared that one and said that I was the only person who had laughed at it so far. Um, I but, think it's fantastic. Oh, it's become a big hit in my school. I go like, guys. Check out this one that my buddy cooked up. Uh, <laughs> anyway, do we want to talk about Doug? I mean, we never want to talk about Doug. We can Should talk we talk about, about Doug. Doug? Yeah, so, probably. Well, should we even the right question if you want to actually start talking? That's about actually him? a very good point. Should we is also not true. But here's the question. Are families across America at this very moment expecting us to talk about Doug? I think the answer to that is yes. The burden of responsibility. I know. Heavy I lies the head that wears the crown. And this is a stupid, stupid crown that we have made for ourselves, but our heads wear it. So I think we all need to live with this fact. Until you blow your head off, the crown will remain. Yeah. <laughs> Scattered lies the head well, that pulled the trigger. It, if you have really uh, good aim, then it might not even leave. So. Oh, that's, oh, yeah, going right through the crown. Yeah. Ooh, I just found a super comment under this video. That's rough. They paid $10 Oh, like, what were they, that? like, pay to comment? $10. Those up top. Somewhere. Yeah, there's a couple Closer. there's a couple great comments. Why is Apple Music sending me notifications? One second. I took a screenshot of two of them. Um Ooh. wait, I didn't see these. Uh yeah. <laughs> this isn't the super comment though. Remind me what the super comment was. I remember looking at it earlier. Uh it's just about Robin Williams absolutely owning this role. Yeah, there's a lot of um like anything to do with Robin Williams, there's a lot of comments about like how cool Robin Williams was, and I'm look, I'm sure he was a good dude. It is <laughs> as an adult, funny. I am 100% on Miranda's side. Yeah, 
Yeah, good. You definitely should. Yeah. Be. Yeah, I was going to say, that's probably like the most hinge, as an adult, I'm on X character side yeah. comments I've ever heard, quite frankly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, you know, look, childhood is siding with Robin Williams. Adulthood is realizing that we're that she makes more sense. That's as, what the $10 comment is about, so. Yeah, incredible. Um, Glad they shared that nugget. He's first. an adult. He had money, as you know. He had $10. More money than any of us have ever seen, I think. I think um, so. Because those are those are grown up dollars right there. Uh, those are dollars for after your divorce. Yeah, exactly. No, it's like when you're a kid and like the the most money you can conceive of is just a gold bar. You're like, I don't know what that is, but I'd be set if I had one of those. If I had that. <laughs> and then you become an adult and you realize, well, you you grow up a little bit and you realize, oh, that's not true. And then you become an adult and you go, no, that's absolutely true. If I had a gold bar, I think all of my problems would be solved. Yeah. Yeah. I could kill my enemies with it. Think of how many groceries I could use a yeah. Wait, oh wait, are you saying like you would buy something to kill your enemies with, or you would just kill them with the gold bar? Oh yeah, no, I mean with the gold bar. Uh, yeah, duh. Drop it on heads. Yeah, stories up. Would you have to drop a gold bar from? Oh, answer. I'd do it to their face. I'm okay, swinging. Yeah, yeah. It's I mean it's metal. I mean it's a soft and malleable like, metal. Do it in like, one hit, or would you have to like keep going? No, yeah, I I, I think I'd creep up on them while they were asleep. Uh, I love the idea of, sort of you hitting them and then you pulling the gold bar back, and there's an impression of their face in it. It's no. that malleable. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like taking it to the bank. I'm like, why is there a perfect impression of the face of a man who was recently found murdered on this gold bar? I'm like, I, what a crazy coincidence. These I don't know. Uh, pissed me off because all of them are like, I have a theory that he felt he could be stricter at Mrs. Doubtfire because he wasn't worried about being the cool, fun dad. And I'm like, that's not a theory. Yeah, it's like, that's, <laughs> that's the movie. Yeah, that was another. Yeah, the that comments are a discovery that Doug comes to several times oh, in yeah. the video. I feel like. Doug comes to several very awesome discoveries, which we'll discuss in a moment. I do want to read two comments, just sort of back to back. They're just absolutely fantastic. Uh, I just love these two things side to side. Both of them commented six days ago when Doug posted the video. Apparently, the kid who played the son accidentally saw the dark side of Robin Williams. Basically, wanted to talk, meet Robin off camera. But studio said no. Sorry, I love reading these things verbatim, but it makes it very difficult for me. That was considered his, quote, me time. He walks into his dressing room and says Robin looking up so distraught while taking off the makeup. This was when he stopped using drugs, but still suffered the effects of it. Never knew there was such pain behind that charming smile. Glad that mental health is finally being taken more seriously. R.I.P. Much to consider there. Lots to unpack. You know, when you read it out loud, you really do notice a lot of errors. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It also, I do like that it sort of implies that Robin Williams killed himself because of, like, drug withdrawals. Because he, like, he's talking about how, like, Robin Williams apparently was, like, you know, having difficulty because he had stopped doing drugs and was suffering from, like, side effects. And, you know, he killed himself, like, 30 years later. So, you know, it's, uh, I think it, it's safe to say that's not the, uh, that's probably not what did it, I think. Also, as a side note, not mental health either. It was Louis body syndrome. Like he was suffering insane cognitive decline and like was looking at just a permanent decrease in his quality of life until he died. That's a tough it's very weird. Yeah, oh, it, weird. It's a bummer. It's weird it to be spun weird. into like he was just depressed, guys. Yeah, like every single. Yeah, exactly. Like every post you see about it, like they're like the funny man is sad sometimes really makes you think. Like, well. Yes, the funny man is sad sometimes, and I hope that makes you think. Sometimes the funny man is in an indescribable amount of pain. Yeah, 
And sometimes the pain is like actual pain. It's not just like his spiritual anguish because he's so good at doing impressions <laughs> of Jack Nicholson. But no one understands his deeper emotional pain. Um, anyway, point being, uh, there's all sorts of valid reasons to kill yourself, everybody. So don't don't just lump everybody. On, wait, hang on. Um, <laughs> no, wait, that's that's not the advice I was supposed to be giving. Well, we've already talked about all the different ways that you can kill yes, yourself. Yes, exactly. As a cowboy, specifically. Cowboys out there, sometimes it's okay to just be sad. Sometimes it's okay to kill yourself because you're sad. You know, it's um, it's just it sort of depends on your outlook on things, I guess. Cowboys of the world. Anyway, the second comment. I just really like the juxtaposition between the thing about like the somewhat incoherent post about Robin Williams's dark side, uh, and then this one. Another fun fact about the makeup: it was apparently so good that when the actors cast for Daniel, so that when the actors for Daniel Miranda's kids had been cast. They met with Robin Williams in makeup and in character and spoke with him for some length of time without even realizing it was him until he just outright told them it was so good. Even the cast of the movie couldn't see through it. Um, and I really like the juxtaposition between those two te- those two comments. Um, I like this one, which I'm going to assume is by the actual Plato. Um, my parents divorced <laughs> when I was nine. Uh I remember my dad played this movie for me, and I instantly understood my parents were better off separated. I cried the first time I saw this movie. What an Man. insane move by his dad. That is a crazy move. <laughs> like, I mean, actually, no, I really respect it now that I'm thinking about <laughs> it. Um, it really explains a lot about Plato's philosophy. Yeah, it does explain a lot it about does. Plato's philosophy. Yeah, look, I mean, there's Plato's Allegory of the Cave, famously. You know, there's all those people chained up in the cave. They're only watching sad movies about divorce. Then one of them, he escapes the cave. He sees Mrs. Doubtfire. He weeps. He goes back down into the cave to show everybody the truth of divorce. They kill him with rocks. Um, well, this, this is good to know. For those wondering, unless it's a dub of something not in English, voice acting is usually recorded before the animation. Wow, the more you know. Man, I didn't know that one. <laughs> Come Just on, man. Five Even likes. Doug knew that one. Doug said that one. Yeah, that's... I do like the idea, though, that... uh the thing that he's recording the voices for is like a Japanese anime or something. That would be good. Have it. Yeah. <laughs> the mouth. Moves. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, okay, and that's how he knows it's time to start speaking. Yeah, exactly. That would be awesome. Could you imagine someone's like doing a dub of an anime and all of a sudden there's just someone doing like Robin Williams style, like crazy improvisations. They're like talking over <laughs> other people's lines. It makes no sense at all it's in like context. Not even close to accurate. Yeah, like you know, the character's mouth is stopped moving, and they're like, now he's doing an impression of uh, Charlie Chaplin. Famous. <laughs> Wait, I have on. bad news for this commoner that says he's amazing in anything he does. Sorry, what was that? I have bad news for this commoner who says he's amazing in anything he does about Robin Williams. Mm, Might want to put that's that in the past tense. Verb tense. I must say. My friend, my friend, I have bad news for you. Mm. You might want to sit down for this one. Okay, There's, I think I'm done I can reading think of one thing now. he does. I can think of one thing Robin Williams did that I don't support. It's being in flubber, folks. Um, it's doing drag. <laughs> yep, doing drag. Yeah, it's dressing up as a woman, which men cannot be. Um, <laughs> that's right, little little topical discussions for you at the thanksgiving dinner table everybody hey grandpa i know that i know your grandpa's sitting here i'm sure he's got some takes on it ask him he's good for his opinion he'll share it i can feel it he has an opinion locked and loaded bursting at the seams he can't wait to share it and i'm sure you guys can't wait to hear it just ask about it 
Look over at your cousin with dyed hair. Ask them for their takes. Then leave the room. Specifically ask them to share their takes with your grandpa. Yeah, exactly. Then leave the room and let them all duke it out. Then while they're distracted, take the Bluetooth speaker. Hide it in the turkey again. Second Bluetooth speaker. You're playing last year's episode. I want this to be a sort of, ooh, this should be an experimental sort of thing. You walk into every room in your house and there's a different No Swears episode of The Doug Zone playing. <laughs> um. I was trying to help my mom, like, prepare the house for Thanksgiving, and she wanted, like, a pun to put on, like, a little marquee board. We ended mm-hmm. up with uh, going with Much Ado About Stuffing. Okay. All right. That's a good one. Good. I like that. Which is good. Right. But I was, like, reading some out to try and, like, get ideas, and they slowly got, like, darker and darker. They were, like, they started with, like, I am who I am, you know? And yeah. then it was, let's squash the family drama today. And you're, like, maybe not put that one, like, up. And then yeah, that family may impressive. not see pie to pie, but we sure do love Thanksgiving. And it's like, okay. All right. I think we're, I think we're, we're having inviting some trouble. trouble with that sort of one. <laughs> well, what exactly do we not see pie to pie yeah, on? Let's, let's discuss talk about this. It. Yeah. What are the, what are the things we don't see pie to pie on? Okay. I have some thoughts. Let's hope there's no foul play involved this year. Like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's like more honest than- um, that hints at more than politics right there. Yeah. Well, look, that's what happened. Look, grandma invited us over. She gave us all turkey. Then she pulled out a second smaller turkey for herself. <laughs> we all got a little bit suspicious. She pulled out a quail for herself. Yeah, she pulled <laughs> Well, I was thinking it's okay. She, she's eating the regular food, too. It's just she has, like, her own little drink. She pulls out a vine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, it into her drink, you know? Ooh, no, I like that. Doing, like, a, a whodunit-style thing. Uh, like I'm a detective, I call everybody into a room after a wonderful weekend in which nothing has gone wrong. Um, nobody's died, nothing has happened. I'm like, I have an announcement to make. And everybody walks in, like, uh, Detective Matthew, what, what is it? What would you like to say? And I'm like, there has been a killing. Everybody goes, oh, oh no, what, who, what has happened? Then all the lights go out for exactly five seconds. Gunshot rings out. The lights come back on. I'm dead on the ground. <laughs> But there's no gun in my hands. And everybody goes, wait, how did he do that? Like, that was definitely him, right? Like, no one else. I think we can all agree that was him. How did he manage that? So now we're talking about uh, extravagant ways to kill yourself, but in the flavor of a uh, whodunit mystery. Yeah, but, but it's not. that's a not a whodunit. That's a howdunit. Because everybody <laughs> knows who did it. Everybody knows who done it. Just trying to figure out how I did it. Sometimes people know that they're going to die without knowing who it was though. that's a good point yeah but so, so maybe I, there was yeah. a threat on your life and you just knew it was going to happen at some point you no, weren't expecting this at all no it was me don't worry oh, uh, cool. maybe there was then a threat I, on his life and he knew it was coming and that's why he killed himself you know yeah. there's Ooh, many reasons he's gonna beat him to the punch yeah i like yeah. that because like <laughs> i have a uh, eventually they sort of like they gain access to my private vault and there's an oj style book that i have written and published called why and how i did it uh, <laughs> <laughs> is me smugly looking at them it's like the end of end there were and then there were none where the judge writes the whole letter to the police and spoilers for uh agatha christie's best novel sorry everybody uh, yeah <laughs> explaining how and why he did everything it's that except i'm the only victim who died um, <laughs> the police are just looking around they're like wait how did he do this published in 2008 <laughs> okay back back to doug back to doug right yes back to doug so we're talking about his review of Mrs. Doubtfire, which I don't remember if we actually said that or not. You, you um, got it. Yeah. You guys figured it out. You're all detectives, everybody. You're our little gumshoes out there. When I kill myself, you'll all know how and why I did it. Frankly, before my friends and family do. 
We'll release uh, it on the Patreon. Listen to the podcast where he's been leaving little hints. I've been laying little clues. The first letter of every word spoken on uh, the first, the first letter of the first sentence I speak on every episode, lies. It's a clue. Everybody's just like this is just the N word over and over and over again. How did he do that? That was <laughs> impressive. <laughs> Just a years long gamble. Um, I just keep doing it until someone notices and then stop and deny that it ever happened. I'm like, what a crazy coincidence that I perfectly did that for years. Um, uh, anyway, so yeah, it's his review of Mrs. Doubtfire. Now, I must say, this is a modern Doug review. And those ones are always rough in their own special sort of way. Michael, what do you have to say about our reviews? What do you have to say about modern Doug Walker? What? Before we go through the episode, do you have any wow. outstanding um, thoughts? There were a few things that have changed. Um, I'm not very well acquainted with his modern work. Uh, you know, the, the intro was interesting. That's cool. It's the first time I've seen that. That was different. Um, I feel like he's kind of cut down. We were watching it at a faster pace, but I think I've done that in the past too. Yeah. I feel like the periods at which he stares at you after doing a bit or making a joke they're just like a little bit shorter now like he's cut down on that just ever so slightly ever which so is slightly. good because it's like still in the uncanny valley but not like quite to the point where you're like left alone with your own thoughts and you have to see him just nodding yeah, and raising exactly. his eyebrows you know he does after that, that stare really yeah so it's like one less nod at least or half half of a nod yeah half of a nod you know? and uh yeah uh, that I did appreciate. As as little of that as we can get, that's good. Uh, the ads, those went forever. Uh, oh. How long did we time it out as? Like it was, it was it was four and a half minutes of ads. It yeah. was a solid portion of the video, which was in fact him reading off multiple ads in a row and then plugging his channel afterwards, the Twitch. Yeah, I'm excited to talk about the ad. Yeah. So, anyways, yeah. I'd say probably that is what stood out most about the modern Doug Walker. Uh, it was also a little jarring whenever he. Uh, made jokes that you'd think like wow this like probably was from a while ago on the internet right yeah and then uh you're like oh no no never mind this was within the last month that he did this if i'm not mistaken this was yeah I, so that ago. was interesting that was interesting yeah i um <clears throat> as we went through it i had i just called it the ambiently transphobic joke counter that i was yeah. going yep and it's none of them are like explicit right there's nothing super bad but like there's just a lot just of references like, towards being like well it is san francisco yeah like that is that's what they all are is him going like well it's san francisco you know that the men love to dress up like ladies out there and you're like well i just i don't the, know how the i one feel that really got me was like their teacher probably dresses up like a lady i was like what yeah oh yeah no the one where like the kids see him through the window mm -hmm. and he's like the kids are probably like, oh, that's our drama teacher. That we're going to pass class. And say, like, what does that mean? I like, don't Are the like kids going to, like, blackmail their... I mean, and look, here's the thing. Children out there in the audience. Actually, I guess you are allowed to listen to this one. Congratulations. You found one of the episodes you're okay to listen to. Now, uh, you know, but for kids out there, that's awesome. That's a great move. It's like staring through your teacher's window and then, like, threatening to tell people that you saw them naked. Um, it's like... <laughs> To be fair, like, you I don't saw Mr. Brown naked yesterday, them. and I'll tell people unless you let me pass this class. He's like, "What? You're seven years old. How did you do this? How did you come up with this?" Plan? Shut up. <laughs> you don't even have to actually have seen them, and that's the best part of the plan. Ooh, that's a good point. Yeah. What am I doing? You guys lie, guys. Threaten to tell your <laughs> teacher. Gonna believe. Yeah. Threaten to tell your teacher that he touched you. 
Unless you <laughs> English class. Um, wait, don't do this to your English teachers, actually. Now that I'm thinking. <laughs> to the English uh, yeah. I do this to math teachers instead. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's James. <laughs> I, I like how we go from criticizing Doug's, like, slightly questionable jokes to uh, giving children the worst kind of ammunition. It's against telling children teachers. to lie about being molested for... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> They're just, you know, they're just devilish little pranksters, you know? Um, oh, me? Oh, I was such a little, I was such a rotten little kid. I would, uh, you know, I'd shoot spitballs at the ceiling. I'd chew gum in class and stick it to the other side of the desk. One time I wrongfully got a man in prison for 25 years. They took compromising photos of myself and uploaded them to his computer. Um, <laughs> I went on the dark web and purchased scam. child pornography with thousands of dollars of Ethereum. <laughs> got it did so using his ip address so do they ever do those like out of context clips of your show anymore oh, mm, i sure hope not um let me <laughs> let me tell you this would be a rough time for them to start doing those again <laughs> hey if you're out there you have my full endorsement michael do not give him that endorsement uh, i would love to hear this great uh well we might who knows who knows what's gonna happen I think the worst thing about those out-of-context clips is that it is always just a single episode. Uh, oh, yeah. That is definitely the worst part, is it's like they've made 10 minutes out of a single episode, and I'm like, that's like a fifth of the runtime. And At this point, is it really out-of-context clips? Yeah, exactly. And that's, yeah, some of those things, I, I hate to say it, I was listening, I was like, well, this does sound better in context, you know? And then other ones, I'm like, well, that one, that's pretty incriminating, no matter how you spin it. Well, yeah, like, there's the, I think, my favorite, like the most damning one. It's not the worst thing I said at all, but for some reason it just feels the most brutal. As I just go like, I will never mock a disabled veteran for being disabled. Now, if I'm mocking a veteran who happens to be disabled, no real way to defend that one. That one is pretty much what it said on the tin. Uh, yep. <laughs> one of my personal favorites. Well, sometimes you just got to double down, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And don't go kill yourself in Western style. At that point, you need to clear your name first. Otherwise, it's just going to look pretty bad. Yeah, no, like a gunslinger. I'll walk into town just firing off slurs and jokes about pedophilia and everybody who looks at me until one of them finally. That's what it is. Is someone like. Sorry, did that come through? Did you hear that? Hmm. Might have been a cat. I think yeah, that's the funny thing. They can still interfere. Even I've if- angered a poltergeist of some variety. <laughs> uh, I love the idea of you robbing a bank and you like shoot slurs into the air. <laughs> Nobody move. <laughs> it's racist match. You <laughs> slip a note to the teller and it just says one on there. <laughs> that's what I do. Yeah, I slip a note to him. He holds it up and looks at me and I take a picture of him and I go, that's going to all of your relatives. If you don't give me $10,000 in cash right now. This isn't even in my handwriting. I'm like, well, tell it to the jury. Trial public opinion the court of public opinion how about that hmm? i have an account in which i pretend to be a woman of color i'll post this right now <laughs> you can't stop me it's a calling card yeah y'all this bank teller is over <laughs> <laughs> folks spelled with an x <laughs> y'all see absolutely this absolutely disgusted by the behavior of this western union employee <laughs> You turn around to all the people in the bank that just saw you, like, yell slurs, and you're like, do you all see this? 
Yeah, I have like a mask on. It's it's the Gucci sweater that the one that was like black and had like the bright red lips. I'm like dressed like an old West cowboy. Uh, I have like a black leather duster and a hat and just that over my face instead of like a bandana. (laughs) I have like one of the Joker's guns where you pull the trigger and as it comes out, it just says bang, except there's just a who can say what the word on the. (laughs) (laughs) I do wonder. (laughs) Choices. It says how, actually. Uh, And then the other one, hard R N word. I'm playing Russian roulette. It's the fake out. Yeah. Followed by fake out, followed by the real deal. Yeah. Know? Oh, yeah. And then I shoot myself in the head um, before they can even give me the money. Uh, I, uh, yeah. No, it's, yeah, it's fine. I'm playing Russian roulette. In five of the chambers, there's a little joke thing that says kapow. In the last one, the N word. And no matter what it is, I have to take a picture of myself holding my thumb <laughs> up, wearing a shirt that says, I fully endorse the contents of this flag. Uh, <laughs> He's either supporting gun violence or racism. And either way. Yeah. And I think those two things are equally bad. Um, (laughs) Now, did he mean that? Did he not mean that? If you disagree and you think that one of those things is worse than the other. Which one? I'd like to hear you speak to victims of uh, the other thing. I think Mm -hmm. you should go ask your grandpa about which one. Yes. Ask your grandfather. What's worse? Gun violence or racism? And ask him if you think that there's a meaningful difference between the two. And, and which party you only, think was behind both? Uh, the only right answer for him to say is neither of them exist. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's a trick question right there. So yeah. if he plays your game, then he's just caught. Yeah, exactly. This generation, it got so soft. You know, it used to be back in my day, you walked into the bank and handed the teller the N-word. and He'd just chuckle and give you $5. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I was just <laughs> not a cancellation, just camaraderie between, between two men. Two men of the West, old men who, uh, for whom there is no longer a country. <laughs> no country. Wasn't it like <laughs> really easy to rob banks for like a very startling amount of time? Oh yeah, where it's like almost no one gets caught robbing their first bank. Yeah, which is insane. But there was like a period of time where like every fifteen minutes a bank was robbed in L.A. Oh yeah, I dude, that was like wasn't that it was like the nineties too? Like it wasn't yeah. like no, it wasn't yeah. like eighteen fifty. It was like recent. Yeah. So, like, do they, like, readjust, like, the calculated interest rates and stuff like that? (laughs) Accounting for the average of, like, how much has been robbed, you know? Yeah. I think so. I think they should, at least. I'm just thinking about no country for old men, but it's just about being racist on Twitter, you know? (laughs) This country. Yeah. Canceled. No Twitter for old men. Yeah. I canceled a 16-year-old last week. Tweeted out a hard RM word. Told me he'd probably do it again if I let him. I'm afraid one day I'll walk out that door and see a slur that I just don't understand. <laughs> okay, okay. What what do your notes say about Doug? Where right, were we? Right, I'm so uh, we got so sidetracked. Got through that. The delights of already been 38 minutes discussing racial slurs. Ah, my favorite subject. At the dinner table at Thanksgiving. What are you thankful for, everybody? I know what I'm thankful for, and it's gun violence and racism. Now, Doug Walker in this video, he okay. It's a little rough because a lot of these are me. A lot of these notes are me going, well, he probably shouldn't have said that. But and then, I feel like I seem to have lost much of the high ground over the course of this episode. Just a single episode. Doesn't matter anything else you said in any other episode. <laughs> hey, but if you take this out of context, then it actually sounds pretty good. Yeah, I'm I'm doing self-crit right now, everybody. I would I would love it if we, Jillian, what we should do, we need to, like, 
two weeks from now. We just take a turn and become like the most like woke scoldy podcast ever. And then I'll yeah. try to think from before then. I think we should just keep it up. We never acknowledge it. Uh, <laughs> but I'm just logging on and I'm going like, and Shane Gillis is special. Is still doing well on Netflix. And for some of us, we're still processing the trauma of hearing what he said. That horrible word that he used that rightfully got him fired from SNL. I Wasn't mean, it an accent, not even a word? I think he did also use the word associated with the accent. Did he? I, I don't think so. remember. I mean, now, admittedly, in his defense, it was him like saying, now that's what racist people say about the Chinese. But, uh, you know, <laughs> look, I love. There is that. Look. We love Shane Gillis on this podcast. Well, I don't know if we love Shane Gillis. I love Shane Gillis on this podcast. I'll defend. Yeah. Ah, oh, Beautiful Dogs was a great special. Um, but yeah, that is, that clip, I will say, it sounds rough out of context. And as a fellow warrior, a fellow man of the West, if you would. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, but Doug. Uh, oh, mm-hmm. right. He, when he's talking about like the makeup, right, where he's like the makeup. Oh, my God. He goes like the makeup is surprisingly good. Considering the fact that there was no CGI back then, which is so sick. He's like, considering the fact that everything had to be makeup, it's crazy how good the makeup effects on this That's movie. That's also like two things that aren't like comparable at all is like yeah, makeup no and CGI. Like, it's crazy that the makeup was good because they didn't have CGI. Like, yeah. CGI doesn't make the makeup better. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I mean, and he's right. Like, if a, if this was a Marvel movie, they definitely would be, like, CGIing Mrs. Doubtfire for no reason. They would have found a way to do it. Yeah. <laughs> to warm it in. I mean, I love, like, those behind-the-scenes shots of, like, Marvel movies where it is just, like, everybody's wearing all green. And it's just, like, Robert Downey Jr.'s face is visible from, like, the green morph suit that they're all wearing. You're like, what? Why'd you? You can put him in a costume. It's okay. Uh <laughs> Like, that's Cosplayers have made costumes better than what it looks like in the movie. You can. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I would love to see some Mrs. Doubtfire cosplay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure someone's done it. Hold on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, while, while you're looking that up, I'll read some of my other notes here. Um, oh, but yeah. So he talks about people realizing, like watching the trailer and seeing the uh, the makeup and realizing that it was Robin Williams in the makeup. And he described it as, and I quote, one of the best trailer reactions I've ever seen. Okay, I'm still so not sure what he means by that. Every Mrs. Doubtfire costume and cosplay is the scene where uh, Robin Williams catches his boobs on fire. Hmm. Well, I, I must say, I don't like what that seems to suggest about the nature of these cosplays. Um, yeah, it's like... Yeah, I can't... That's like... I mean, if you were the kind of person to use this is Doubtfire cosplay, can you say that you're that surprised that you're also the kind of person to find that an entertaining scene? Yeah, that's a good point. These people are probably depraved and sick and should all be killed. Um, I think. Unlike people who (laughs) rob banks using nothing but racial slurs. No, see, that's the thing. Those people understand the goodness of humanity and use it against their fellow man. Uh, At any rate, as far as the the costume goes, I think his story was probably even beats out the comment on their story. Oh, yeah. Of, he just uh, casually the, the cost. <laughs> yeah, Mike, do you want to remind everybody, remind our listeners at home? Well, about no, the... I feel like I'm missing some details. I think you should give the pitch there. Uh, Doug, while talking about how good the co- the costume was, he just casually drops. He, it's like a single sentence and just keeps going. He's he like, even... Robin Williams even went into a sex shop as Mrs. Yes! Doubtfire bought an adult toy with no one noticing. Wait, what? What do you mean? 
what why did he do that what possessed him to do this did he tell people about it afterwards was he like guys you'll never believe what i just did yeah like how do we know about this did someone eventually yeah like robin williams that's that's what that's what the kid walked in on you know when he walked in he saw robin williams opening the packages that he received and that was the darkest moment of robin's life uh but i just what does i still just also i feel like if you're working at a shop like that you're probably trying your hardest not to look at or think about the other people in that store. That's certainly fair. There's no there's, way that you're getting good person, customer service interactions. There's a person on TikTok that their whole content is talking about their regulars at their sex job. job. Oh, you should not be a regular. Uh, demonic. Anyway. <laughs> None of them are normal, let me tell you. Yeah, oh. uh, for whatever reason. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, I hate human sexuality. All of it. Um. Anyway. Uh, I also like when he talks about Sally Fields, who plays his wife, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, he goes like, no, she's doing a different performance from Robin Williams. But honestly, I think it's impressive in his own right, because she has to, like, react to Robin Williams doing things while still being, like, funny and sympathetic. And it's like, all right, Doug has discovered the concept of a straight man in a comedy movie. Also, just uh, the concept of acting. Like, you have to react to other people and stay yeah. in character. Yeah, he's like, sometimes she has to, like, look sad and angry while also still being funny. She shows several emotions at once. And you're like, yeah, Doug, most human beings feel that way sometimes. Like, it's literally, Doug is just doing the, uh, the It's Always Sunny bit where Dennis is like, yeah, she's, I have feelings again. Remember feelings from when you were a kid? Like, that's what Doug is doing as he's describing this. He's like, she's feeling things. Do you remember that? Isn't I mean, that crazy, guys? I just have to say, I love the bridge that he made between that and the oh. last time he saw such emotion. Yes, yes. On yes. the face of a single character. That was really an amazing comparison. Not, who would think? It's, <laughs> what really makes me think emotion. And he goes, not since Ramesses in Prince of Egypt have I seen and that many believable expressions in that short a time. I mean, that's just a more legendary callback than the Wild West. Uh, you know what this reminds me of? Yeah, this reminds <laughs> You know, Yeah, and then meanwhile, me is in the Old West going, you know what this reminds me of? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> How did that remind you of this? I'm like, well, I'm just racist. That's just what I'm always thinking about. I'm sitting there rolling myself a cigarette out by the fire, um, tuning up my cigarette, uh, tuning, tuning my cigarette. <laughs> Tuning my cigarettes, smoking my guitar gently over the fire. And they go, the racist cowboy's drunk again. I go, no, this country used to be fine. Or we let in the Irish. <laughs> Those guys can't lead cows to save their lives. Um, we also got a Mara Wilson jump scare. Oh, um, right. Is that normal? Has that happened in other episodes? No. Okay. Um, apparently. part of the new Doug. Sorry. What? No, I don't want you to. Why are you doing that? Sorry, one second. My iPad updated and now it's doing weird things whenever new I try. Security and, measures. That's yeah, giving me new security measures. So now no one can see that I'm on the channel Awesome Wiki, which actually I really appreciate. Yeah, They're, honestly. Uh, might be a I good think idea. It would be really awesome if you got your iPad to face lock, but it only opens to Doug Walker. You know, like, so you just don't ever use that feature? Yeah. I mean, dark, dark fate for me. I must say. You have to, like, hold it up to the screen you're watching. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. How cool would that be? So, yeah, so everybody, we all know Mara Wilson, right? Uh, mainstay of the internet, just sort of unpleasant and annoying person to deal with, but uh, also mutuals with several of my friends on Twitter. So who can say if she's a bad person? That's hard to say. 
I don't know any bad people who are mutuals with friends of mine on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. I can't think of five of them right now. Um, I can think of six. Uh, <laughs> well, you're not supposed to say that. Oh, right. Yeah. Oops. Yeah. Um, and all of them are me and the people pretending to be me on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> but anyway. I would also like to note, of course, Mara Wilson, friend of Lindsay Ellis. Lindsay Ellis famously was uh, biphobic to Mara Wilson, um, which is one of the things that happened when she was getting canceled. Jillian, do you remember this? I think we've talked about this. On- yeah, we've talked about it. I don't remember oh. it in great detail, but I do remember it happening. Yeah. Lindsay Ellis was biphobic to Mara Wilson. She oh. didn't believe her when she said that she was bisexual. And the excuse that Lindsay Ellis gave was she didn't act like the other bisexual people I knew. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Which is wow, that's uh, oh, it's so sick, Michael. We caused Lindsay Ellis to get canceled a few years back. We we ended her career. That's why oh, she's really? no longer on YouTube. We talked about her and said that she was annoying, and then like a week later, the entire in- like Twitter just ran her off the internet because she said she didn't like the last a- she didn't like the last Airbender, or she thought that there was something about the last Airbender and uh, uh, the last Dragon. So you um, started that avalanche. You were pulling the strings. Yeah, it was us. We were the powers behind the uh, the power behind the throne. I handed her a little slip with a tweet on it and took a photo of her next to it. And she didn't give me $10,000. And well, let that be a lesson to all of you. That's why you, uh, you surrender to racist Matthew when he walks into your India. <laughs> on this new frontier of the internet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, anyway, I do want to read though, cause I did look up, I looked up her page on that guy with the glasses dot fandom dot com mm-hmm. because I love wikis like this. They're never good. And uh, wouldn't you know it? Yeah. Um, Now, Doug, uh, this paragraph is just jarring. I want you all to try and keep up with it because I sure won't. Mara Elizabeth Wilson is a former child star known for movies such as Mrs. Doubtfire and Matilda. When Channel Awesome fans started pestering her about the Nostalgia Critics review of Thomas and the Magic Railroad, Wilson checked the video out and started ranting against him. Then she researched that it was actually an actor playing a character and felt bad about it. A few Facebook talks with Doug Walker and Holly Christine Brown, and Wilson was ready for revenge. I'm still not sure how those two sentences go together. I don't understand. It's not entirely clear, but it sounds like she felt bad about ranting against him. So yeah. Then she spoke with him on Facebook and decided <laughs> that she was ready for revenge. That's the way that it's. So, yeah. I, I can't blame her. Anyway, on April 26th, 1996, Mara's mom lost her battle with breast cancer. Mara is allergic to nickel, and she wrote her first off-Broadway play called Sheeple. Even though she was raised Jewish, Mara Wilson became an atheist when she was 15. Around the same time, her little sister Anna became a Christian. Mara and Anna have three older brothers named Danny john and joel so these are unrelated facts i'm assuming that is the first paragraph of her wiki of her page i hope that her getting revenge and her mother dying have no relation i was like that's awfully ominous to say that you're ready for revenge and immediately afterwards your mother dies of breast cancer yeah just i know it's it's unsettling it's deeply upsetting (laughs) oh that was just the first paragraph i only saw the first no yeah my girl that was there's only the oh yeah no there's more wow they have like i assume there was a paragraph break between she was ready for revenge and her mother got breast cancer no no paragraph break between any of that all that was that was one you know like on wikipedia where like you you look up the wikipedia for a movie and they just sort of like talk about like the cast and crew and maybe provide like a single sentence synopsis or a summary of like what it might be about yeah and then you can read more no 
this is just that was all one paragraph. No seeming relation between any of these things. And then underneath it is just a list of different like nostalgia critic shows or channel awesome shows that she was involved with. Um, but yeah. Uh, anyway, so I just wanted to mention that real quick. Uh, let's see, what else do we have here? Uh, oh, well, <clears throat> please, Michael. I was going to say, well, are we going to bring up the um, counter to the uh, the slightly yes, transphobic yeah. counter? Yeah, there was a counter. So we had counter. the we had the ambiently transphobic joke counter, which was at four by the end of it. I was quite generous. I probably could have gone higher if I wanted to. But I was like, well, it's OK. We'll see what we can do. I have another counter called the kind of progressive comment question mark counter. Which had a single point. Because what was that point you'd expect from one that hits at least four on the. Uh... Yeah. Considering the fact that he hit four on the ambient transphobia, I was impressed. There was a progressive moment, too, which is where he's like, now it's interesting. You know, Williams lends such humanity to this role. Normally in movies like this, they don't go any farther than man wears a dress. And that's sort of the whole joke, because they just assume that that is funny on its own. And you're like, wow, OK, Doug, that's a decent that's a decent point. You're right. That is true. And that's they shouldn't be doing that. You're right that these movies should go further than that if they're trying to make a joke, because that on its own, we shouldn't view that as a punchline. And then, like, you know, two minutes later, he's like, and in San Francisco, this right? is normal. <laughs> Am I right, guys? <laughs> we, it was fun while it lasted. Slightly uncomfortable pause <clears> in <throat> the camera. Yeah, we get the uh, we get the the scene of Mrs. Doubtfire hitting her face into the cake. And uh, it reminded me, of course, of my my old bit that I've I've laughed about before the yep. image of him. It's. Black cake with frosting, red smile. You know, we all know that one. We're all familiar with the classic image. Uh, okay. <laughs> um, okay, Jillian, did you watch the ads that Doug did? Yes. Oh, my gosh. I don't know if Michael and I, in this entire day, I don't know if we laughed harder than we did on that first shot. Just the hard cut of Doug wearing the sunglasses. Yep. I love how it stays that shot for like the two minutes that he's talking. It's the one shot oh, yeah. of him nodding in sunglasses with a sunset behind him and it's snowing. Yeah, the stock shot of the sunset, the stock snow effect. Sorry, we pulled well, the picture. Well, not quite happened at first, had it? Yeah, no, I've I have seen that now. <laughs> um, well, he's doing this baffling bit about how it's snowing and also sunny outside, which, which is can happen. Cool. Yeah, that can't happen. Only I don't know why, Chicago, though. Yeah, I don't know why he's referring to it as a Chicago thing. Um, which I mean, like look, famously, that, you can get sunburned in the snow. Yeah, you know, snow blindness—that thing that like definitely happens and is in fact a threat. It only happens in Chicago. Yeah, there's some things that only happen in San Francisco. I'd love to hear what he has to say about the East Coast. Oh, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> I really want to know what like the Doug Walker like stereotypes are for different cities. And yeah, stuff I like feel like that. that's he should go through map. the map. I would buy a map like that. Yeah, oh, me too. Doug's, yeah. Doug's map of America, <laughs> the world through Doug Walker's you. eyes. I well, because that's the thing, right? So he lives in Chicago. We know this. We know his home address, actually. Um, mm -hmm. Which I would like to know. We didn't start, we didn't seek it out, so don't judge me, Mike. And you, I'm assuming you didn't share this either. No, so that's, but that's it good. was sent to us privately by a listener. Like that was like a month into doing the podcast. Someone just like a, sent yep. us Doug Walker's home address. And was like, I felt like you should know this, but I didn't want to put it in the Discord. And I was like, well, thank you for. Thank you for sending this hmm. to me privately, I guess. What do you want me to do with this information? Anyway. Hmm. But, um, yeah. But, so, yeah, we know his stereotypes about San Francisco. I feel like his view of New York is, it would be based solely off of a movie he's seen 
but it wouldn't be like a movie that you'd expect. It'd, it'd be, be some like Home strange Alone too. Yeah, it'd be like Home Alone 2 or like Muppets Take Manhattan or something. Where it'd be like that movie known for its portrayals of New York City. You'd be like, well, it'd I don't. The the Friday the Thirteenth movie. Oh yeah, uh, Jason. That's takes mostly Manhattan. on a boat. Yeah. yeah uh, uh, wait, yeah, hang on. Um, it's one of the ones that's a Jason title. I yeah, think. I was gonna say, I think it is like Jason Takes Manhattan or something like when it's it something. really just started getting a little wild. Um, B- right before Jason X. Yeah, right before. <laughs> we gotta watch that for the Patreon. Oh what yeah, a fantastic film. I'm so down. Um, uh, anyway, <clears throat> let's see. Uh, he says the words "fresh, never frozen" during the second ad read, and I don't think he's legally allowed to do that. Like that is a, isn't that a copyrighted phrase? Uh, hmm. I know that there's. I think it's Wendy's. I know there's any. Wait, who? Yeah. No, that sounds right. Yeah, I know there's a fast food place that uses that. And but I feel it's like, not like it's not like on their signs or anything like that. It might be. Anyway, uh, let's see. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In the scene where uh, in the scene where Robin Williams lights his fake boobs on fire, Doug is like, you know, this would have been done with CGI nowadays, <laughs> which I'm not sure what the point is that he was getting at there. But I'm going to mad respect to Robin Williams for doing this without CGI. Yeah. Robin Williams did his own stunts in the scene where he lit his fake boobs on fire. And I really feel like we we ought to. Oh, no, that's what it is. Right after that. Several points at several points throughout this video, Michael watched me pause the video and start writing down my notes silently and somberly. I don't know if anything quite upset me in the way that this one did, though. Um, Apparently. Sorry. Hooters sued Raising Canes for using Fresh Never Frozen. Okay, wow, I was way off on that. So those are two entities that we were not aware were in this fight. Yeah. Wendy's has always Fresh Never Frozen, which they were deemed that it's okay for them to say. Always. Man, that is like on the same level as like Vanilla Ice changing one note in his sample for Ice Ice Baby and explaining it. Well, it's not under pressure, you see. (laughs) Come on, guys. But anyway, interesting. So Fresh Never Frozen, the, that famous phrase associated with Hooters. When I think about Hooters, that's the thing I'm thinking of. Um, all right. But uh, so, yeah, anyway. We get an incredible line, as a side note, about in the scene where Mrs. Doubtfire is lit ablaze uh, and then extinguished. Which is to say, Robin Williams goes, my first day as a woman and I'm already having hot flashes. Which Fine line. He, Whatever, right? It's okay, yeah. decent. I'll, I'll give it to you. Uh, probably improvised. If it's improvised, which it probably was, knowing Robin Williams, I'll give him credit. Decent joke. Doug likes this joke a lot more than me. Likes it probably more than any joke ever. Yeah, really. because he says that's the sort of joke that makes you go, now this has to have been written by a robot, because there's no way a person would come up with something this funny. Does he think, like, the idea of menopause is funny, or, like... Yeah, so... It's it's funny a that he, to this comment. Yeah, it's funny a that he thinks that this is like this is the joke so funny it's beyond human capabilities. More than that though, I'm just going to read out my notes verbatim. Doug thinks AI is smarter than people, and then right underneath that I followed it up with, "It is only smarter than him," uh, because I mean <laughs> not come even on, Doug. smarter but funnier, which I think might yeah, be oh, worse. It's sm- yeah, it's definitely funnier. Um, yeah, probably the same level of intelligence, I'd say. 
because they do both function in the same way. You know, like AI, it they don't language models don't know what they're saying. They're just sort of like skimming words and pulling out common associations. Mm-hmm. And that's how Doug writes scripts, as we know. Yeah. He just sort of goes through and he's like, what are words that people have said before? I'm just going to. Doug uses ChatGPT to write his scripts. I, hmm. I feel like. It's like no, punch I feel him like up. he can't. Like there is just there's a level of just banality here that even ChatGPT couldn't accomplish because at least with that you'd have like some weird mistake that would show up halfway through, where it would just like make something up completely. Yeah. Um, Are you saying that you fact check Doug on everything he says? No, but I am saying that like ChatGPT pretty famously will just like make things up. So that's fair, and you can generally call that out. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever you can say about Doug, at least you can say he's been consistent, and that there's true soul behind those words that he puts onto those scripts soul behind those soulless eyes yeah indeed Hmm. what exactly that soul it is an evil and callous soul but that's not the point uh, yeah the precise uh yeah no yeah i'd like to come out and say it i think that ai is not as funny as people i would challenge a robot to come up with a bit as good as matt the racist bank robber i bet (laughs) it could frankly Uh, (laughs) we do high efforts not many people have said this, but I'm thinking about it. You know, comedy podcasters are basically the modern day philosophers. It's true. Yeah. Much like Plato, hearing about his parents getting divorced <laughs> and understanding it. I hope that you out there listening at home, I hope that this has helped you make sense of your own life in a way. In some way, I hope that our, I hope that this podcast has brought you closer to your family, closer to the world, and frankly, closer to death. I mean, God. Uh, maybe both. Who knows? Uh, yeah, we're here to tell you about the world and about yourself. We're here to teach you hard truths that parents can't teach you. You know, like the fact that slurs are funny. Um, kids, go out there. Tell your parents that fact now. It'll be fine. Uh, but don't tell them about your plans to uh, yeah. accuse your teacher or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, don't, don't tell – well, do tell them about the teacher because your parents are going to get mad don't at you for saying – about the plans. Yeah, well, yeah exactly. Your parents are going to get mad at you for saying the thing about slurs. And you go, well, I heard this from my, my math teacher. Yeah. Uh, and, and if you think that's bad, guess what he was doing when he said it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. I also like when Doug's, because you know, the, Robin Williams's children learn that he was Mrs. Doubtfire the whole time, and understandably are shocked, horrified, and betrayed uh, to learn this fact. Because yeah, insane. But Doug says, at first, I thought this was a strange reaction. Why did you, hmm. Doug? What do you think a normal reaction to this would have been? Father, it's you. Yeah. Oh, just, thank goodness. You know, like, thank goodness it's my father dressing up and pretending to be my nanny. Thank goodness. Yeah. Just yeah, it's just baffling. I'm not entirely sure what he meant by it because then he's like, then I really thought about it, and yeah, you would probably be upset. So yes, of course you would. But <laughs> like he came to the right conclusion eventually. Yeah. Can we fall for that? Yes, he should have arrived at that conclusion pretty naturally, I think. Um, anyway, uh, he also he's like talking about um, he's talking about Sally Fields and Robin Williams, like the scene where they're just like talking about their divorce. And he's like, and, you know, it's it's really impressive that these actors are able to uh, to make this scene feel so human and real. They had both gone through divorces at this time, and apparently they brought that with them to the screen. I just love that Doug's like these two actors known for being good. They're pretty good at acting in this scene. And I think that's really impressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else do I have? To do? Oh, yeah. He goes, uh, he plays like the clip of 
Mrs. Doubtfire talking about uh, talking about divorce and going like, you know, it's just because your parents don't love each other doesn't mean that they don't love you, um, which to me still does feel like a kind of brutal way to phrase it, you know? It, it does, because I, do, I think that that implies that every divorce happens because your parents just don't love each other anymore, which isn't yeah. true. That's not true. Right. Yeah, and I mean, that would be awesome, right, to like sit down with my kids and go like, now kids, just because mommy is a two-timing harlot who cheated on me twice <laughs> doesn't mean that she doesn't love you. She just doesn't love me anymore. And just because she ripped out daddy's heart, and frankly, he's bought a gun, and every night he sits and he looks at it and he thinks that he's going to use it on himself or on mommy one day soon. That doesn't mean that daddy doesn't love you. And when he pulls that trigger and it all goes black, he will be thinking of you and he'll be crying. Okay, kids? I just want you all to know that. Uh, and they just sit there and they go, guess what the math teacher did? And I go, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, folks, uh, we brought it full circle. Sorry for sorry for our absence as of late. Uh, I was betrayed by my terrible and evil brain. And then the world ended and the smoke consumed my home. But uh, we're back now. I probably should have talked about that, huh? Oh, well. We can talk about it on the Patreon. We'll talk about it on the Patreon, or we'll talk about it next week on the free episode. I'll use some swear words to describe the smoke. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, did, did, you, did you have any final thoughts on Mrs. Doubtfire or on Doug Walker and his review of Mrs. Doubtfire? No. All right. I just wanted to say that the plot of Mrs. Doubtfire has done far better in Arrested Development. Um. <laughs> There's a there's a subplot in which Tobias does the plot of Mrs. Doubtfire. Mm -hmm. He dresses up as a nanny named Mrs. Featherbottom. And the bit is, in my opinion, far funnier and far more realistic, which is to say everyone immediately sees through it. But they're all yes. just a little too sad to say anything about it. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, Michael. I'm just wondering how we're going to convince the listeners that this wasn't written by AI. I mean, it's just so perfect how it all kind of wrapped back together yeah, like it's that. It's also perfect. And frankly, I think it's all this is these are the sorts of things that robots would come up with. You know, if they were sitting down and you told it to write like a safe, family friendly podcast. Yeah. Listen to it at Thanksgiving. That you could listen to at Thanksgiving with your whole family. Well, you know, what the robots exactly couldn't come up with. Yeah, I I don't know. Personally, I don't. I'm An not outro? funny. Maybe. Who knows? Before we do the outro, Michael, do you have anything to plug for the people? I know you don't, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Well, you know, I appreciate that. Uh, no, I don't. All right, cool. Uh, other than just not living in Chicago, you don't need to worry about snow blindness. So yeah. uh, keep that in mind. Be safe out there. Yeah. And Michael, one final question for you. Have you read Program to Kill by independent journalist Dave McGowan? Did you like ask me to do that in the last podcast? Yes, I did. You did. I've, I've asked you to do that off air, too. I'd like to know. Well, you know, that's probably fair, actually. You definitely talked about it a lot. So if you haven't outright said it, but no, I haven't. Well, we'll change that soon. Uh, listeners, thank you for listening. Happy Thanksgiving. I'm thankful for you. Also for racism and gun violence. Because um, I don't know what I'd get my, I don't know what I'd get chuckles out of if not for those things. Um, <laughs> you know where to find us. Uh, we no longer have an outro. 